You're listening to From the Beginning. I'm Jen Dudley. And I'm Griffin Caprio. This is our show about podcasters, their origins, and how they came to create their podcast. In this episode, we're talking with Amanda Neely, advisor and coach to entrepreneurs and a business activist entrepreneur herself. She's also the host of the Business Activist Entrepreneur podcast, along with her husband and business partner, Brandon. So Griffin, what was it that stood out to you in this episode? For me, it was hearing about how Amanda is approaching both running a business as well as doing good and really teaching her clients that you don't have to pick and you can actually uh, be a business that does good in the world. How about you, Jen? For me, it was hearing Amanda talk about her podcast and the community that she's wanting to build and being able to provide really practical tips so that when people are building a business, they feel a little bit less alone, which is something I really appreciated. So here's Amanda's story from the beginning. So from listening to your podcast, Amanda, it definitely sounds like you have learned a lot over the last year since you got started. So we're really looking forward to talking with you today about your business and the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. To get started, I'd love to have you talk a bit more about the high line of what you're doing now and how you got here. Yeah, so we now are helping uh, entrepreneurs as well as you know individuals and couples think through um, what they're doing with their money and their financial plan for the future. But we're unlike most financial advisors in that we help people think through how might they not depend solely on the stock market um, you know, for retirement planning like you would with a 401k or that kind of thing? And also, um, how can you not be so dependent on banks for financing, cars, mortgages, kids' college educations, that kind of thing? So um, most financial advisors help you get your money into Wall Street. We actually help people think through how can you get more of your money away from Wall Street and the ups and downs and roller coaster that way. Awesome. That's definitely a unique perspective and one you don't hear very often. I also wanted to ask you about the term business activist entrepreneur. Is that one that you guys kind of coined for yourselves? Yeah, we, uh, so our, our previous business was a coffee shop and it was a social enterprise in that it was organized for a social mission prior to making a profit. Um, I could talk lots about that, but um, the basic idea is that the idea of a social enterprise people define it so many different ways. And when we really looked at like who we were, we're definitely entrepreneurs. We had started our business from scratch. Um, and we only had gotten into business because we were activists. We wanted to see a positive change happen in the world. And we were actively pursuing that, um, not just through protesting, but through like a lots of different things in our lives. And then of course, we're not starting a nonprofit or an NGO or something like that. We're starting a business. So we kind of put those ideas together that we were doing a business to make money, but to fund activist on um, activist ventures, things that make a positive difference. And we're doing that as entrepreneurs who had started from scratch. So kind of putting those things together. <laughs> I definitely appreciate that. I started following the kind of B core conscious capitalist social enterprise space when I moved to Chicago around eight years ago. So I love seeing more in that vein. And it sounds like that's definitely an ethos that you've carried into your current venture. Exactly. Um, we're actually, so Overflow, our, the coffee shop that we had, um, 
was the 17th L3C in the state of Illinois. L3C stands for low profit LLC. Um, so it's very clearly like organized for a social mission prior to making a profit. And when we sold the business, we actually sold the equipment, the intellectual property, that kind of stuff. But we actually kept the L3C and we just changed the name. So now it's business activist entrepreneur L3C. So that entity is still the 17th L3C in the state of Illinois. So we were kind of leaders in um, that for our area. I definitely in the future will be tapping you for more information on that. I was actually talking to Griffin about the whole L3C designation and the different things around that. So I think that's great. Yeah. We love talking to people about that. So definitely another conversation. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So jumping into the podcast piece a bit, I know that in your 2017 Reflection podcast, you talked about your decision to switch from YouTube videos that you'd been doing for a while into podcasting. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more first about why you started with YouTube videos and then what you're looking to accomplish with the switch to podcasting. Yeah. So I've been blogging since 2009. Uh, started the first blog when we knew we were going to start our own business and kind of chronicled the journey to starting and then kept it going. And then um, we didn't have as many people reading the blog and we thought, well, let's try YouTube. You know, it's owned by Google. That'll help with SEO. Um, it also gives a human face, you know, when we're talking. So we switched to the video blog and published, you know, every single week on YouTube. But still weren't seeing the results that we wanted. The the, um, number of views was still pretty low. So um, I'd been listening to podcasts for years. I love podcasts. I definitely listened to more podcasts than I watched YouTube videos personally. So it was kind of a no-brainer like, oh my gosh, why why didn't we think of podcasting sooner? (laughs) And so we made the switch. You know, one week we were doing the YouTube videos still. And then the next week we switched to the podcasting. And immediately we saw our download number go way higher than our views had been on YouTube. And, and and it hasn't, hasn't decreased like, um, to, to match what it had been on YouTube. And so we're like, well, we did the right thing. And it's definitely, um, felt really good too. It's not the video blogs is just me talking to the camera with the podcast. We're able to do my husband and me together and kind of go back and forth, which creates a lot more interest. There's been a lot of, uh, good wins with the podcast compared to the YouTube videos. That's great. That's always good to hear. You know, it's interesting that you talk about kind of the good wins, Amanda. What what does that look like for you? Um, so when you talk about success or or you know finding um, finding success in the in the podcast space, what does that mean for you and, and Brandon and the business? Yeah, a lot of what we've been doing is building our community. So um, building the the number of business activist entrepreneurs that are sort of tuning in and um, on our email list and in our Facebook group, you know, things like that. And we've definitely seen that grow, um, just the number of people that are paying attention um, and, and feeling like they're not alone. Um, and that's a big thing. When we were starting our business, we felt alone a lot of the time. And so that's kind of primarily building this community, um, has, has felt really good. And we get like comments on the, you know, cause we still like put the, the podcast and the show notes on what would look like a blog on WordPress, you know? Um, so we still get like comments and some interaction that way. Um, and then we're, we are, have seen a few um, 
times where people have gone from being listeners to being clients with our business coaching that we do. And we're now trying to figure out how do we uh, do the best job of helping people move from being listeners to um, wanting to talk with us about their finances and kind of going through that financial analysis process that we take people through. Yeah, it's interesting. Do you find, uh, and, and maybe, maybe you don't have enough data on this, but I'd be curious if people are like the, the, the kind of trust and the level of, of trust that they have to have in you and, and kind of transitioning from that listener podcast or relationship into something much more intimate from a financial level. Do you, do you find that to be um, pretty easy? Like if they've listened to the podcast? Um, yeah, I think you're right. We don't have enough data on it yet. Um, the, the way of building trust to work with someone on that financial level can take years. I was talking to someone today and he was saying, you know, he has a financial advisor and he was saying he was friends with this person. They did lots of social things together and it was still two or three years before he was ready to work with him on that level. Uh, So it can take a lot of time. And so we're just sowing seeds. Um, And then we're also thinking more strategically about the kinds of content we put out there and how it could help move people forward. Kind of that um, direct response marketing, um, if uh, people are familiar with that, but putting it into the podcast. And we're working with uh, someone who does that to try to figure out what that would look like for us. Oh, gotcha. And is that, would that be kind of giving them a, um, like a, like a code or something on the podcast and then you referring back to that if they reach out to you from a client perspective? Um, kind of. So, um, what the first podcast I ever listened to is, um, Amy Porterfield's podcast. It's called online marketing made easy. And I love what she does. She has a podcast comes out every week, but then once a month or so she'll actually have like an upgrade for the podcast content. Maybe it's a PDF that would help you actually put what she teaches in her podcast into action. And then from there, you know, to get the download, you have to give your email address. And so she's, she has a clear call to action as part of her podcast. Um, we've been trying that to, you know, have that clear call to action, you know, reach out to us to schedule a, uh, an intro call, um, or a strategy session or download, you know, this or that, and haven't gotten people to actually click or text or, you know, call, uh, that sort of thing. So there, we're thinking there's some kind of breakdown in how, like how we're talking and, um, who, what we're talking about and who's listening that we need to make sure all of that is aligned really well. Um, cause I know other people like Amy have huge success with this. Um, she has a multi-million dollar business now and it, it's been mostly built from her podcasting. So I know it's possible. Um, we just need to figure out how to make it possible for us. Gotcha. Yeah. It, it's all part of the kind of the iterative, iterative approach. Yes, that's a great word. What uh, so you, you transition from kind of the video YouTube you know series into into podcasting? What do you what do you like uh, doing about podcasting, or what do you feel that uh, you enjoy in uh, the podcasting experience? Yeah, a big one for me is I don't have to like worry about my hair and makeup and what I'm wearing. <laughs> I can just you know sit down and pull up the microphone and start recording, uh, which is uh, awesome. Uh, Also that we can do that with my husband and me together. We don't have to worry about like multiple cameras or different things like that. We can, you know, we actually have the microphone set up all the time and we just sit down and record when we're ready. Um, Editing is also a lot easier, I feel like. Um, And... Yeah. I mean, the rest, you know, other things are very similar in terms of like the image and notes and that sort of thing. So I think that's mainly the the biggest 
benefit is that we can just sit down and do it. You know, we don't have to, there's not as much prep work to it. And do you and Brandon take care of uh, all of those pieces yourselves, the recording, the editing, and, and the, the notes and the website update? Currently we do, we're in the process. We actually just last week hired someone to do that for us. And we're in the process of thinking through like rebranding, maybe doing a restart or launching a different podcast um, to kind of go more in line with what we're doing now. So that, that um, as part of that process, they'll start doing the editing and uh, writing the show notes and that kind of thing. But we've been doing it ourselves since we launched. So I'm curious as you're figuring out or looking at adding a second podcast and changing things up. You'd mentioned in one of your podcast episodes about upgrading mics and those kinds of things. How have you figured out the process of getting started and all of those technical aspects around podcasting that aren't really your primary business, but they're an aspect of creating a podcast? Are you involved at all with the community of podcasters or are there people that you look to when you're trying to figure those kinds of things out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the uh, biggest influences has been Pat Flynn, um, smartpassiveincome.com, I think it's his thing. But he has a whole like podcasting, like free class thing. Um, He has a paid program too, but we learned enough from the free thing and we're implementers. So we did it right away. Sorry, Pat, that we didn't buy the full thing. Um, And so, and then my husband used to work as an audio engineer and I've worked, you know, a little bit with sound equipment before too, uh, just as, you know, a volunteer for, you know, at church or, um, different things. So we could figure out what, how to do that pretty easily. And, um, you know, I took a class in high school where I learned how to edit audio in that class. So jumping into garage band, wasn't that difficult. Um, you know, we're kind of young tech savvy kind of people. So it, it made it pretty easy to get to get going pretty quickly once we learned some of the nuts and bolts from that free uh, resource there. And then I joined um, a couple of Facebook groups of female on, uh, podcasters um, to help, you know, like just that encouragement and sharing with each other different tips and tricks and stuff too. Wow. It sounds like you guys have a, a pretty good handle. Are, are there any pain points that you guys are struggling with or anything that you'd like to see improved? Yeah, it definitely takes a lot of time. Um, one of the big things that I've always wanted to do better is batching where we record, you know, three or four episodes at once. And we've been able to do that for a time and then not for a time. Um, I, I'm hoping, you know, this weekend we can record three or four episodes that are part of a series. And then I can um, edit them and get them all ready. And it's not, and it won't take as much time because they're batched that way. That's something that I I would love to just get ahead and not, you know, sometimes we're recording the podcast on Sunday to edit on Monday and release on Tuesday, which is not ideal. Uh, that's probably been our biggest thing is uh, how do we make the time for this while we're trying to build a business, while we just had a baby, all of those kind of things um, and balancing all of that. Yeah, I can imagine that that would be uh, that would be a lot. When you look at kind of like the state of your business and um not only the, the, the coaching as well as the podcasting, where do you want to go from here? Like, do you see yourself expanding into multiple mediums? Do you see yourself maybe holding events or anything like that? Yeah, we're, that's another thing we've been exploring is how do we take different efforts that we do and have them work well with each other? So I love going to networking events. Um, how do I, like when I follow up with people, how do I bring up the podcast or 
um, you know, can I just give them a business card that mentions the podcast while we're at the networking event? What is, how does that, what's the best way to connect like in-person events with podcasting as well as the email list and that sort of thing. We're also playing around with the idea of taking the podcast and making them into YouTube videos because we do know there are still people that don't listen to podcasts, but would watch a YouTube video. Um, you know, I still run into people that have iPhones that don't know that the podcast app is already on their phone. <laughs> so there's a lot of, um, you know, people that we know we're not reaching that potentially we could. Uh, so what, you know, we're sort of exploring what does that look like and how do we make sure that all of the different efforts that we're doing work the best and reach the people we want them to reach. Yeah, definitely. When you, when you talk about perhaps maybe going back into YouTube and taking the podcast content, is that uh, the audio uh, only, or would you kind of add and augment it with video? Yeah, I think it would be mostly audio with like the words there, maybe some images that help enhance the audio. Uh, we're, that's again, what we're starting to explore. Gotcha. Do you, um, have you ever had the need to, um, have, have your, your listeners or, or the people that are in, you know, kind of business, um, social enterprise, conscious capitalism, et cetera, um, kind of talk to each other, not necessarily kind of like just you talking to them. Yeah, the, we would love to do more interviews style podcasts like we're doing right now. Um, and that would be fabulous. It just, it takes more time to edit them. So that's what's held us back from doing the interviews. We did one and it, it took me two or three times as long to to edit it. So I was like, yeah, let's wait and do this when we have a little more bandwidth. Yeah, definitely. But that's something we definitely want to do. Uh, do, do you ever see you and Brandon going deeper into kind of the community aspect and actually um, maybe running a community around your podcast or around kind of the, the social activism uh, concept? And Yeah, we do have um, a Facebook group where we tried to do that. And um, there's six or 700 people in the Facebook group now. And we're trying to figure out how to make it a little more interactive. Um, you know, Facebook groups kind of a, a big thing. Lots of people joined them and then very few people now are active in them. So that's, that's an issue just with Facebook groups in general. Um, we also were thinking about launching a membership site where um, we could have a little more dialogue, you know, forums and that kind of thing that, you know, you had to apply to be a part of. Um, we did it paid wise for a few months, um, but still weren't seeing the interaction that we wanted. It might be something that we try to do for free in the future, just to build some more of that interaction. Uh, that again, something we're exploring, you're kind you're getting us at this time where we're looking at a bunch of options. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It sounds like it. Amanda, have you, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about the listener relationship and getting people to find your podcast and engage. I imagine that trying to make that connection with the Facebook group and then being on different platforms can be a bit of a challenge as well. Have you taken advantage of or looked at any of the analytics coming out of either Apple Podcasts or through the hosting provider to, to better understand that? Yeah, we use Libsyn um, for hosting and we're checking the download rates at least once a week, um, especially right when the podcast comes out and we're including some of those metrics on our, um, on our like weekly goals check-in that we have. Um, and then uh, we also like, again, we send out 
emails every week when the podcast goes out to the people on our list. So we're looking at how many of them are actually clicking to go to the site because not everyone will listen. They'll actually maybe just read the show notes, which is great. You know, we're not, you know, not everyone has to listen. If they get value out of the show notes, that's cool too. Uh, so we're kind of tracking both of those metrics to see what are people most interested in, what has the best, uh, in, you know, like in terms of click rates or download rates. Uh, so we can do more content like that for the people because that's obviously what they're most interested in so far. Is there anything from the data or app analytics that, you know, information that you wish that you had or that you think would be beneficial that you aren't seeing? Yeah. I mean, maybe I just haven't upgraded as much as I need to in our podcast hosting, but so I don't know if this is available or not, but where people are listening from, you know, do the downloads come from the U S or do they come from around the world? Um, and then I get like, I like the idea too of being able to know, are they being downloaded on Android phones or iPhones or being listened to online? Um, are they, you know, is it coming through Stitcher or, um, what's the, or, you know, or the Apple podcast or, Spotify, you know, sort of which platform is getting the most downloads. I don't see that sort of information. That would be really cool to see. That makes a lot of sense and kind of pulling together that full picture of who your listeners are. Because then we could figure out where to find more people like that. So if we were going to do any paid advertising, we would know who to target in that way. That's where I think it would be the most helpful. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Knowing that there's a lot of attention on podcasts right now and you're hearing a lot more about it, but as you said, there's still a decent number of people who don't even realize they have the podcast app on their phone. And interestingly, that's really regardless of age. I see that a lot with younger people also. So there's still a lot of room to grow. Is there anything that you've noticed kind of growing within the podcast community or that you hope will become more prevalent in the space in the future? Yeah, I think that, well, so something that's kind of a concern for some people is that once someone starts listening to podcasts, they're not going to listen to more of them. And if you, if you want the people that are currently listening to podcasts to listen to your podcast, they're going to probably have to stop listening to another one. Um, cause there's only so much time in the day. There's only so much time you're at the gym or in your car, you know, or wherever you listen to podcasts, um, which is kind of a concern, but it also, like, I just noticed from my own listening to podcasts that I'll listen to one for a while and I'll get a lot out of it. And then I'll be like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this one and I'll be looking for more. Uh, so that gives me hope that there are people that are doing that as well, that they're going to get a lot out of a particular podcast about a particular topic. They're going to learn as much as they want to about it. And then they're going to be ready for something different. And so I think there's going to be plenty of listeners for all of us uh, for as long as we're doing podcasting. And then, of course, the more new people that start listening to podcasts, um, that's going to just be even better. So that's sort of like a concern that people have that I don't think we should be that concerned about um, because I think there's going to be plenty of listeners for everyone. Yeah, I think that's actually, you know, one of the interesting parts about podcasting is that as um, as big as it seems right now, it still only reaches about a quarter of the, the U.S. population. And so there's a there's a massive audience out there that isn't uh, isn't listening, isn't interacting for a variety of different reasons. And so the idea that, you know, podcasting has reached some sort of some pinnacle, um, I think, is is pretty common inside. But I think if you look outside the industry, it's it's a pretty nascent 
uh, and a pretty nascent industry in general. Yeah. So as you look at, um, you know, kind of building, building your brand and building your business, um, there's a lot of other podcasters that are that are looking to do the same, either for their particular podcast or like you and Brandon with a, a business that complements the podcast. Is there anything that you'd recommend to um, people like yourselves getting started, um, not only just from an entrepreneurial standpoint, but from a podcasting standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. I think with podcasting, if you do want to have it help your business or help you create a business that you have to be serious about it. You have to take it seriously. Um, you know, be ready to commit to at least one podcast every week to keep people engaged and keep them listening. Um, I know people that do daily ones or multiple times a week, but I think weekly is probably more like the minimum that people should be thinking about, especially if they, you know, if they want it to grow into something bigger or have a bigger influence on their business. That would be my number one thing. Um, my number two thing is to take some of the principles of marketing and sales in general, you know, branding and that kind of thing, um, and be, be serious about that for your business and let that, you know, sort of drive your podcast. Um, that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that we made is not thinking through exactly how the podcast is going to help influence the rest of our business, not just be this add-on or the side thing, but how does it all work together? And that, that goes back to, you know, having a solid business plan, having solid processes, but also thinking through branding and marketing in general and using some of those basics that um, are super important for business. And then now, and then taking that and applying it to your podcast. That's, I think, phenomenal advice. And I really appreciate you speaking both to what you have found to be helpful and also the lessons you learned about the things that you would do differently. Knowing that you are looking to support the entrepreneurial community, and it sounds like you have built a pretty good network of support specifically in podcasting. If someone is wanting to get in touch and learn more about the things that you're working on, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So our website is businessactivistentrepreneur.com. And we're, that's also the name of the podcast is Business Activist Entrepreneur for now. Um, but if we do change it and you can't find that, then we'll still have the URL businessactivistentrepreneur.com. So you can definitely find us there. Um, and also the name of the Facebook group is Business Activist Entrepreneur Community if you want to check us out there. Fantastic. And we'll be sure to include those in the show notes as well. And looking forward to hearing how things are going and any updates from you. We've really appreciated you taking the time and talking with us today. This has been another episode of From the Beginning. Editing and theme music was provided by Roy Matz. Thank you for listening.